anything else but a human being. Mm. All of it. It doesn't make us stupid. It doesn't make us lazy. It doesn't make us mentally ill. It doesn't make us mentally ill. It just makes us a human being. Within recognizing that, it's a little easier to meet people where they are. If if someone's says something to you that's hurtful or treats you in a way that's hurtful, you obviously know that they're dealing with their own stuff. They're dealing with their own shit and they just may not be in a spot to recognize where they're at and how whatever they're dealing with is impacting them. Mm-hmm. I think because the real debilitation, the real debilitation comes from a lot of negative talk. Mm. You know, God, I'm always depressed. I got depression. I can't deal with it. Or gosh, I got this anxiety. I'm so fucked up in so many ways. I can't even, you know, get out of my house to get into my car. I can't get out of my bed. Mm-hmm. That is the real debilitation, because once you can see it and accept it, the next step is you have to love yourself. Yeah. And you have to understand your human being. Yeah. And that was that was something so big for me was being able to love myself and understand I'm a human being, and I'm going to mess up, but I'm going to figure this shit out. Yeah. Changing that conversation was number one for me. Your positive self-talk because your herald for me, my herald, Mm -hmm. you know, can come up and trigger some shit and it's, it's fucking some shit up. Yeah. And so having those tools and understanding positive, the positive self-talk that you need to have just a couple days ago, Harold shows up and really just not a good day now. And I woke up, it was a great day, got my workout done, went on my walk, I was ready to slay this dragon. (laughs) And, you know, Harold comes up and something happens and I feel something, I'm getting a little anxious, I'm getting some fear, but I totally, totally, totally grabbed a hold of it and said, no, motherfucker, (laughs) this is not going to happen today because you're bullshit. It's bullshit. This negative self-talk is horseshit. I know exactly where I'm at. I know exactly where I stand with this. I may be a little bit behind the ball on my my schedule or the timeline for it, but mm-hmm. I'm a human being and I'm perfectly imperfect. And I may even stumble, rumble, and fuck up. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to allow Harold to push me out of the batter's box, get off the field, make let him make me take my cleats off and sit on the bleachers. Yeah. No fucking way. Not that day. Mm-mm. Not to say that there are some days where it's really bad because we all go through our own shit. Absolutely. But the bottom line, again, for me is understanding that the toxicity and the mental illness that people say they have, for me, I believe, comes from the negative self talk, which is debilitating. Yes. Fucking debilitating. Absolutely. And that is where we get tripped up. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and for people who've experienced any form of depression or anxiety, specifically is the only thing that I am able to talk about because I've experienced it, where you can feel almost like your foot dangle over this 10 foot rabbit hole and just like waiting there on this balancing game. Okay, am I going (laughs) to go in? Am I going to fall? Am I going to go down this hole today? Or Am I going to try to just casually walk around it and see if I can get myself out mm-hmm. and, and going through it and being to the depths that you, that we've all been like, it is 
definitely that mental battle with how we talk to ourselves. Our words hold so much power towards ourselves more so than anyone else. And I mean, I could recognize that in myself. I've been on a, a huge journey of healing, especially within this last year. And honestly, this time last summer was the first time I felt like, oh my God, I'm finally out of this depression. Like, thank God. It's been a long time since like I found old Carly again. And that was for the first time last year is when I felt that. But then just within the last few months, I've had my own little demon. I haven't had a chance to name her yet, so I'll get on that. But (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to name it, but my alter ego, but um, (laughs) where it's definitely crept in on certain ways with certain triggers, completely understandable triggers too that have happened. And like feeling this creep in again and starting to recognize from an observer state, oh, we're starting that negative self-talk again. And it's this teeter-totter of feeling like you can feel yourself like how you did with like experiencing that the other day where it's like, okay, are we going to go into this again? Cause like, then there's that anxiety behind it too. Like I remember when I first started feeling some of my depressive symptoms come back within the last few months, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are we going to go here again? Like, I thought I just got over this, you know? And it's just like a nice casual slap in the face that there also is a thing of toxic positivity meeting yourself where you are and also get cutting yourself some slack for being human the things that we we've experienced especially all of us in the last eight months but like me personally in the last three months the things that i've experienced i need to cut myself some slack in recognizing that i'm allowed to be sad in this moment and like feel what i'm feeling Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's a lot of the biggest things is when you can get into a space where I've understood more of the saying of like, just sit with it. At first, that sounds awful and terrifying. Okay, sitting with it is very painful. But when you can move past the painful part of it, it's, it's almost grounding in a way mm-hmm. where you can recenter yourself, like how you recognized, okay, this isn't even me talking. This is a response to a trigger that's talking. This isn't Hayden. This isn't Carly. Like this is this is a trigger talking mm. right now. Mm. This isn't me in this state. So if you let it sit and pass, then you can connect yourself back and be like, no, 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 this is, this is where I am. This is where I've, I've come to heal again mm-hmm. and come back to that positive space of a positive self-talk. Because again, it's, it's all about shifting your words. Right. Yeah. I want to, I want to read something real quick. Please. I, I, um, this is a book that I'm reading and this is called the mindful way through depression. Mm. Uh, this is a lot to do with cognitive behavioral therapy for talking yourself through situations that you're going through while you're in these situations you're exactly talking about. Wow. Uh, for people that have broken this down into a very, very, very serious way to deal with depression, and it's honestly changed my life in so many remarkable ways. The title of this paragraph, which is, I just love this moment in this book, it's seeing thoughts as thoughts. Mm. Our thoughts influence our feelings and body sensations and are themselves influenced by our feelings and body sensations. But that doesn't make our thoughts true, no matter how compelling they may feel. As we've seen in the mindfulness-based programs, one very effective strategy for regaining mental balance is to attend to the direct experience of feelings in the 
as far as thoughts themselves are concerned, through mindfulness, we can create a new and very different relationship to them, allowing thoughts simply to be here instead of analyzing them, trying to work out where they came from, or trying to get rid of them in any way. In awareness, we see them immediately for what they actually are, constructions, mysterious creations of the mind, mental events that may or may not accurately reflect reality. We come to realize that our thoughts are not facts, nor are they really mine or me. When cultivating mindfulness, we adopt this orientation because if we can perceive a thought such as, quote, I'm always going to feel this way, end quote, as a thought, we instantly rob it of its power to upset us. It can no longer force us to go round and round trying to avert a feared, yet totally imaginary situation. Mindfulness practice invites us to see more clearly the link between thoughts and feelings. But our task is not only to become more aware of our thoughts, but to become more aware of them in a different way. To relate to them from within the being mode of mind. In being mode, it becomes much clearer which thoughts are helpful and which are merely the endless, quote, propaganda of depression. Wow. The biggest takeaway is always for me, the realization that thoughts are not facts is vitally relevant to all of us. Absolutely. Thank you. My gosh, that was beautiful. I'm, I'm going to buy that book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Hayden, that resonates on so many levels because once you move past more cognitive ways of, of healing and working through any experience, it starts to obviously get to that space of, of mindfulness and recognizing it's, it's power that can hold in the healing process. And especially with thoughts, recognizing that everything is impermeant and thoughts are also one of those things that are impermeant. They're never going to stick around. And as much as we try, we don't know the science behind them, why they pop up. And so because we don't know much about them, we identify with them, but that's actually not the case. It's, it's not a direct reflection of who we are and, and what we are these transient thoughts that come into our head. That paragraph so significantly said, I'm always going to feel like this. Placing it always in there is extremely negative self-talking. It's, it's making that continuous rather than saying, I am feeling this as if it'll, it'll stop as it does. So powerful. There was a time for me and there are still are times for me that I experience deep darkness and deep dark loopholes of depression is. Mm. So I, I just want to make it very clear that I'm totally a human being and I'm totally imperfect. For me, I've had very, very dark days to where I would be in a loophole and it would you know, totally take over my day. And mm. as a part of my process that I've discovered would go to this book and just read that chapter. Mm one, two, three, five, seven times sometimes, yeah. again and again, to reinforce against 
the Herald. Mm. And because some days that motherfucker just has some power. Yep. And some days I'm not strong enough. Mm. And that's okay because I'm a human being. And that's okay because I can love myself. And when you love yourself, you just allow the work to be the work. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when you can love yourself to be able to get from a space of judgment, self-criticism, and self-abuse, mm. which I have a lot of experience with, that leads to a victory. Absolutely. It's taking away the power behind those thoughts. Just taking a moment to not turn those thoughts into judgments. That's what I've, I've recently, I was reading a book myself called The Awakening of the Heart. And there's a paragraph in there about befriending emotions. Mm. And I devoured that whole chapter because there's a moment in there where they talk about the biggest issue with any quote unquote negative emotion that makes it so toxic and turned into negative self-talk is the judgment behind it. It's recognizing, oh, that's not a good thought. And why am I thinking that? That's not good. That's how old me used to think. And oh, well, old me used to also be depressed. So now we're here. You know, it's like this whole trail of creating judgments and attachments to that form of, of negative self-talk. And, and it's, it's coming to a space where you can learn to love yourself and all parts of yourself because the darkness, even though we've named it and we can shove it aside and it's in some elements not serving us anymore, it's still part of our past and it's still part of what's made us who we are. It's a very interesting but beautiful spot to be in where you can confront your darkness and be like, hi, I love you. I'm grateful for you as much as you've hurt me in the past. For me, like having two to three years of having my darkness consume most of my day and my life, having that be my main ego that was presenting itself but now being to a space where I don't resent it or have judgment towards it other than love towards it yes that's still hard and it still comes up every now and then and I still have to use my positive coping skill toolkit to to get back to the space where I'm in now but and and I'm sure it'll continue to you know pop up it's a daily practice but when you can get to a space where you can still love the darkest sides of yourself because of where they brought you for me, I've recognized that I love this side of myself because it's allowed me to be more compassionate and more loving towards so many more people because I, I have genuine empathy. Like I get it. Like I know I can meet someone where they're at in that space because I've been there and I've felt it a lot. So it's, it's loving the darkness because it's also brought me to way more light than I would have ever probably known otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On love, um, for me, it was, it, was, it was difficult to get to a space of love. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a real block for me. And some of the things that I was exposed to with uh, my mentor was uh, how to get to a space of love. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the books that, uh, actually, you've read, you, you read this book. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know this book, The Greatest Manifestation Principle in the world. Truly, this book was the most influential thing for me because it taught me how to love myself and how to be connected 
in the book how they describe connecting to the energy field yes. of love. Yep. And when you're grounded in the energy field of love, anything's possible. Absolutely. You could love yourself and you could forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. In those moments, you understand that it's okay to accept these things and it's okay to move forward. And it's okay that these things have happened to you and that they happen. Everything is okay then because you're grounded in love. Everything flows. And for me, that was a big thing. And I can't even begin to express how grateful I am also to that book for you recommending it to me at the time that you did. Uh, You've told me, and I can also see it in you, that that came to you at such a pivotal moment in your healing process. And so, so similar for me that, I mean, I've been recommended thousands of books, but that was one where the way that you presented it to me really stuck with me and I knew I had to I had to get it and I had to read it and since then I've have read it at least five six times <laughs> and it's it's beautiful because it's such an easy read but if you put yourself in a space of of loving all of you then anything anything can be done and and also that it's possible I think that's the biggest thing is that it was so hard for me to find a space where I could recognize it was possible to love all of yourself. The way that this book frames it, you understand that it's possible to love not only every part of yourself, but every part of everyone and how that's going to end up creating such a better life for you (laughs) in general and everyone else who surrounds you. When you switch your focus to love instead of desires, you allow love to be the undercurrent of all your activities yourself from past concerns and wasteful preoccupations. Your creativity becomes fully expressed. You gain a charisma to which people are magnetically drawn. Your entire outlook on life and relationships will improve. You gain excellence in any field of human endeavor that you choose. You will be spontaneously gain the world and all its bounty, but have no love. Your life is but a dance without a soul, a song without a heart, or a prayer without devotion. So again, in this process for me, understanding that we're all humans and we're imperfect, acceptance and love are critical. And being grounded in it and revisiting it and making sure we're grounded when we're grounded in it, it's so easy to accept our imperfections mm-hmm. and to move faster through the process. And also the negative talk, the heroines, go away and are weaker mm-hmm. so much more. So much. Every time I open that book, every time I open my forestry depression, every time I open the end of life, every time I open those books, I'm like swimming 
there is no herald, there is no negative shit, there is no darkness, mm -hmm. because this is where I reground myself in life. Mm -hmm. And so that brings me on to another thing. For me, I, I get triggers. Yeah. There are times when I get triggers that are easier, that are heavier, that are just, you know, like we've discussed, that just take over the day for a moment. Mm -hmm. And so in that, it's happened to me so many times to where I've been out of control with it that I've come into this understanding of love and mm -hmm. grounding and have had guidance from my mentor. Now, with that understanding, you know, for me, it got so bad. I had to stop. I, I would have to stop everything I'm doing and I'd have to go read this book. But sometimes it was sometimes too strong for me to calm my emotions to be able to sit down and read something. Yeah. Or I would talk myself out of it. Mm -hmm. Or the herald would talk to hate it out of it. Yeah. So then the next step would be go for a walk. Again, for me, it got really, really, really bad that I would have a list of things that I love and enjoy and I know I feel so at peace, so safe, so centered, and it's easy to find love quickly mm. that I had a list at the edge of my bed. I had a list in my bed bathroom. I had lists on my phone that I could not avoid mm. to where I would be able to find safe places mm. to get to love quickly and get this darkness, get Harold out of my face, out of my mind, out of my, out of control. Absolutely. And cut it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was very hard for me because it, it, it's difficult to, it's like jump starting a car that doesn't have juice in the battery. So, mm -hmm. and you have no water to put in the battery. So you're like fucked <sighs> yeah. in a way. And so for me, I needed to have that as a tool it just happened so many times that I just said, fuck it, I need, I need this in my life. Yeah. And I was, I was even introduced to that idea first from my therapist. It was from help because I was, at the moment, I felt like a lost cause. I didn't know how to get a handle on it and how to, how to stop it in any way. It felt so powerful to me that it took over my whole being. I felt like Carly was gone. I, I didn't know who this person was who, who took over these, these dark moments. And I remember my therapist making me write out, it was, it was so challenging for me, like making me write out a list of like 20 things or people that could bring me back to myself and like made me feel like me looking back, bringing me back to a state of love, unconditional universal love. That's what's exponentially more powerful than the darkness once you recognize it. Absolutely. It's the most powerful thing in the world. Absolutely. Hands down. Oh yeah, it is. It's more powerful than any darkness fathomable. Love overpowers all, and but it it starts from such a small space of just recognizing what brings you back to your center, what grounds you. Like you had said so eloquently, it's at first it was kind of questioning if they were distractions. You know, am I still just distracting myself? Am I not dealing with the problem? But it's not that it's it's recognizing that those are ways to bring you back to your center and that ground you in that unconditional love which is what you truly are it's what everyone truly is and for me that list was super challenging to write down but it was writing down my few best friends that i knew i could call that had been with me through everything so they they'd be there or 
watch a horror movie because I thought they were funny or pet my cat because she's precious and adorable and she always grounds me or you know go for a swim that was huge like bring me back to to my roots when I was back in sports you know like anything mm -hmm. like that that can just bring you back mm -hmm. to that space absolutely and it's it's not a distraction it's a it's absolutely not it's a positive coping mechanism and I don't even like the word coping because it sounds like you're still masking it it's and it's not that it's a way of recentering yourself to who you truly are absolutely right mm. You're loving yourself and it's a form of, of grounding yourself and you, you know it can be meditative it can be active it could be whatever it is for you mm -hmm. for me some of the things that i do when i feel depressed or things are going on with harold mm -hmm. i'll cook yeah i love cooking you're a great cook Trust me. <laughs> but i'll cook uh or i'll go for a walk my cello very seriously yes or i'm going to balls up the range yeah you know that that actually happened to me two two or three months ago maybe two months ago i you know i have a serious serious like not good day at all mm -hmm. and i just threw the clubs in the car got in my car and i went to the local range and i hit a large bucket of balls and i had maybe a quarter of them left and I honestly sat at the putting green for like three hours. For me, I have a very analytical side, but I also have a very emotional side as well. Yeah. So I just turned it all off. Silenced my phone, turned my brain off, mm -hmm. and I just focused on feeling the shots. Yeah. And for me, that was so grounding and such a release. I don't know if three hours was appropriate, <laughs> but that helped me think through a lot of things as yeah. well. Well, it was the time that you needed. And it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, well, I told you at the beginning of the COVID thing, I went on a camping trip by myself. No, I don't think you did. No? Did I not? Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like, I think it was like three months into lockdown and I got hit hard with my depression. It came out of nowhere yeah. and I was, there was like no no immediate trigger that at least that I could recognize it was overwhelming I got overly stressed and anxious and all my darkness came back like full force and I could not get a handle on it and I knew I needed to figure something out so that I could get back to myself because I didn't want to lose myself in that battle again and right. I I knew I needed a substantial amount of time so I literally packed up my car and I drove up to Flagstaff and I camped by myself for the whole weekend like three days I was gone I had to really awesome. I had to because I just I felt as big as Phoenix is I felt claustrophobic right. I felt like the walls were caving in yeah. and like if I didn't make a move I could end up where I was and I did not want that to happen and that was the only rational thing that I could think of that would get me out of it and it absolutely did I need I needed that entire time I silenced my phone for the whole weekend I was up in the woods <laughs> I camped in my car slept in my car and I didn't distract myself while I was up there like I just allowed myself space to be by myself and feel whatever I was feeling but exactly right. yeah but knew that I was safe while doing it and I it, it was odd like how actually being completely by yourself made me feel safer than where I was, which was in my house with five other people, which is odd. It was just 
recognizing that this is what my body was craving and that I had to take advantage of it for my own health. Mm. And it obviously made a huge difference because the rest of the weekend was so healing. I spent the whole time like sitting, obviously I was by myself, so I had nothing else to do (laughs) but sit sit with my thoughts. Really contemplate everything, but of course be in touch with nature, which was way more grounding than anything, like getting out of the city and recognizing the city and work is not just everything. And there's so much more to it and just journaling and drawing and anything that made my little heart happy in the moment. And obviously that's what I needed. The side of myself that loves schedules and organization and my crazy ridiculous work ethic, which you also share is like, was okay. Do you really need three days off? But I was like, no, I I need this. It's, It's needed to also accept yourself and not get frustrated with yourself for spending time for your healing process it's arguably more important than whatever the schedule holds for the day. If you need that space, don't get frustrated with yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, there are some people out there that may not have the means to do something like that. Totally. So the number one thing for me that I've done was in that context, botanical gardens. Mm. That for me, I used, I, I had a membership before COVID. Yeah. And I would go there at least once a week. Mm-hmm. and that would be my spiritual release i would go there maybe sometimes it would be 30 minutes or sometimes it'd be an hour to three hours yeah and i'd walk the whole park i'd sit down and digging into taking care of myself the number one thing i should have brought this up earlier but uh the number one thing that i did you know if you can't find a therapist if you don't have the money to get a therapist if you don't have insurance how i started was I made videos of myself Mm. and I would talk to myself on the phone and I would on the way to work every day, I would go early, leave early for work. and I'd stop up at this park and I bring a book with me and I decided to do a video before I read my book. And, um, most cases I would just record sometimes 30 minutes of a recording or sometimes it would be, it would always be more than five or 10 minutes. Yeah. And I would talk myself through everything, Mm. everything. I would not hide a thing from myself. And then I would watch it again, watch it back later that week. And I'd take notes and I'd write down victories and strengths for me. Mm. And I'd write down, okay, what's still going on? And what have I overcome? And that is one of, again, my tools on my tool belt. Videos as therapy. Huge. That was just that was that began for me the process of acceptance that I got some shit going on with me and love mm. because when I watch myself do that it's like that's fucking me no way but it's me yeah and I'm saying those things and that's real for me yeah and seeing that you know I I, I truly believe for me anyways I have such a hard time seeing who I am. You know, before we started this, you said, you know, just tell a little bit about yourself. I truly don't know what the fuck I'm about or who I am. I don't. I really don't. And that, and it's a serious problem. But I think I think I'm not alone. And I think there are other people that have difficulty seeing who they are. Yeah. Both strengths, weaknesses, positive and negative totally. environments or aspects of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so so that really helped me see who I am. And 
and take the temperature, take my temperature of what's going on with me yeah. as it relates to me mm -hmm. and who I really, what thoughts I'm really thinking, what thoughts Harold's thinking, yeah. and what the fuck is bullshit and not bullshit. Yeah. Because uh, we tell ourselves a lot of bullshit. Yeah. We make some shit up. And it's just not true. No. Not fucking true. Not at all. And I think that's such a beautiful coping skill that you have because I've I've done that with I have like an audio diary on my phone so I've like done that where I can like play it back which I think sometimes holds more ground than just writing because one sometimes it's just word vomit so I can't even write that quickly you know definitely a beginning moment where you can start to put yourself in that observer state and recognize that okay not all these thoughts I'm obviously identifying with when you can look back later that week and look at it objectively of course mm. i couldn't agree more with you yeah i have a philosophy of uh, journaling which i adopted <clears throat> from a book i'm reading it's called uh, stillness is the key mm. by ryan holiday beautiful and there's an entire chapter on journaling you know you said that sometimes it's word vomit that you know it's just too fast to get down mm -hmm. which i i hear that i totally agree yeah but i kind of think of journaling as it's like a meditative process. Oh, absolutely. To think through everything slowly. Mm. And it really makes you or forces you to think about what's going on here. Yeah. You know, a video is to get off your chest and re-examine and work through it. Mm. But the journaling is such a sacred process. Mm. And uh, I kind of think of it like yoga. Yeah. Yoga really helps you sit in the situation accept the feelings you're feeling yeah. while expressing a physical relief. So I, I think those are kind of like yin and yang for me mm -hmm. in, that, in that concept. Um, and some people may not be able to get to that space of getting still yeah. with a journal. Mm -hmm. And so you have the video. Totally. Or you have a group discussion. Yeah. Or you have a voice recording. For sure, there are so many options out there. And, uh, you know, the first time I did it, the video, I'll never forget. I, I fully embraced it, actually. Honestly, the first things I said was, hey, I'm making a video and I feel stupid. I don't yeah. know what to say, but I'm doing this because I committed to myself that so I gotta get better. I gotta mm -hmm. think I'm gonna do better. Yeah. Let it grow. And then I started talking about some shit. Mm -hmm. And it just flowed after that. Right. And uh, so sometimes it may not work out on the first one, but the second one you'll be thinking, oh, I could have said this, I could have said that. Or up to the second one, I could have said this, I could have said that. I'm gonna write that down, just mm -hmm. that topic. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to talk about mom, mom and dad. Yeah. I like to about, talk about that trigger with brother. Yeah. Or I like to talk about uh, grandma, grandpa. Yeah. You know, for sure it sparks the thought process. Yes. And, and uh, that's, that's how that was for me. Yeah. And I recognize and I want to say that once those things start opening up, it can be very overwhelming. I'm not going to discredit that in any way. Because once you open yourself to a space of healing, it's obviously very overwhelming. There's a lot to unpack for everyone, regardless of the depth of what you've experienced. But beginning is the best grace you can give yourself it's the the biggest act of self-love you can give is beginning 
in any way. And even if you feel goofy doing it, it's going to give you some reliefs in some way, shape or form, as obviously your videos did. It's not starting from a space where you're, you feel like you can't commit to writing or you feel like you don't have the time, you know, even go to therapy or anything else. And all, if all you can give is five minutes of a recording, just so you can play back to yourself, then that's going to lead to exponential growth, which obviously it did, but that's allowing yourself space to start the healing process as mm -hmm. overwhelming as it is. It's, you have to start. Beginning for sure is the first step. Mm -hmm. And understanding that it's needed on some level is a huge first step. And um, I want to throw another tool out there for everyone that I use almost every day. I, I try and put it in practice every day, which is writing down all of my victories for the day. Mm -hmm. And I do this for myself because I come from a lot of self-doubt a lot of insecurity and uh, which leads me to some depression and very, very negative, toxic self-talk. Mm -hmm. And so with all of that going on with me, understanding that when I write down these victories every day, that overwhelmingly shines out all the darkness because again, I have trouble seeing who I am. Yeah. So I renew that every day with that vision of who I believe I am. Yeah. With all of my victories for that day. And honestly, it can be the silliest thing. Like I woke up and set my alarm at six o'clock and I actually got out of bed at six o'clock. That's a huge victory. And I did my work. Yeah. Or something very big. I work with seniors and uh, I absolutely love it. There's this one gentleman who has some uh, mental issues mm -hmm. and uh, he doesn't remember a lot of things, but sometimes he does remember things. I never realized, but one of the staff is holding this gentleman's hand and walking him around. You know, I do that a lot with this gentleman. I hold his hand or arm or walk with him to make him feel comfortable with the friends. So she tears up and then I tear up and she says, you know, it's, it's really rare to see another man hold another man's hand. Mm. You don't see that a lot. In fact, most men would frown upon it or think it's weird. You know, this is a problem with me because I never saw it like that. I just did it because yeah. it needed to be done or this gentleman did it with him at the time because it just needed to be done. You don't think like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't look at that for one second in any capacity, but when she said it and I thought about it, that was a big victory in terms of humanity for me. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I didn't see that for one second. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only one with seeing who we are in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. So that was a big victory for me, both in seeing that and understanding that and, and uh, being able to reflect on that. Yeah. So for sure, victories are what set us aside and keep us in the light, grounded to love, and keep us in line with who we are and how 
we see ourselves as opposed to the heralds of others. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're all humans. It's you did that because, like you said, it had to be done. You you had to extend your kindness from one human being to another, and nothing more than that. But obviously, it's impacted him and you so deeply in such a positive way. And recognizing that just feeds into your your purpose and your growth. And just who you are, who makes Hayden Hayden. That's a triple three sixty. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all human beings. We need to meet each other where we are, show compassion, meet ourselves where we are. We're all perfectly imperfect, and we're all here for a purpose.